Today's scripture is Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 6. You can find the, this passage in your Pew Bible on page 844. 844. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every time and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. And greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter first, well, I'm sorry, whatever house you enter first, <coughs> peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. God of the springtime, of renewal, of new life, of resurrection, give us the strength, God, to walk through whatever we need to walk through to get to that place of new life. Open us up to your spirit in people, in places, in the word, in hymns, in prayers, that spirit that seeks to transform us for the good, inside and outside. Amen. And again, from that text that Kim just read. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs, two by two, to every town and place where he himself intended to go. And from the poet John Donne. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If one be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. No man is an island, no woman is an island, no child of God, and yet, and yet sometimes I think it can absolutely feel that way. To live as a social island, an island in life. To be alone or lonely or separate or isolated. 1989, it was both one of the happiest times of my life and one of the hardest, too. A time when my new life, this new life of ministry, was beginning in great excitement. Life all on my own. As a single and new pastor in a new town, in a new state, and in a new place where I knew absolutely not one person, save for the folks that I served at that church. I graduated from Boston University, packed up the moving van, and almost immediately went west 110 miles to a suburb of Hartford, Connecticut, to serve that first congregation. And in that first year or so, Man, I was so lonely. Lonely. I had lots of much too long weekends and days off, and I made many quick road trips back to Boston 
to visit friends and family. I kind of felt like an island. All of us face this truth at some point in life, entering a new school and wondering how you meet new friends or starting a new job and worrying about who you'll share lunch with or getting a divorce or being widowed or a widower or sending off your last kid to college and suddenly the house is so big and so quiet. For the last two weeks, we've been talking about addiction, recovery, and renewal. The truth that many of us, many of our loved ones, many of our neighbors and friends, they struggle with the illness of addiction to alcohol or drugs, food or sex, gambling or cigarettes. In my work and ministry with that community, one attribute stands out starkly. Their isolation. Their isolation. Their sense and reality that addiction causes isolation And so addicts feel disconnected so often from the world and from others and from life itself. And so they use. And so their use pushes others away even more. And so in order to numb that, they use again. And they use to numb their loneliness, but it just makes them feel more lonely. In her book, Drinking a Love Story, this is how Caroline Knapp describes that truth. Quote, alcoholic drinking is by nature solitary drinking, concealed from the outside world and in some respect from the drinker as well. You you think you're drinking to have fun, to relax and be sociable, but you're also drinking to shut down, to retreat. I once heard a young woman say at an AA meeting, if I've got my bottle, it's like I can slip into a cocoon. End quote. Feeling lonely, it is just a part of what makes us human. We all get lonely sometimes. But take that feeling and multiply it tenfold or a hundredfold, and you'll get an idea of just how tortured an addict feels, like they are all wrapped up in a self-made prison, unable to escape that isolation. In the early 1930s, Bill Wilson faced into this chronic condition, He was middle-aged, married to a long-suffering wife, and so unhappy, unsuccessful at business, at so much, and all, quite honestly, because he drank too much. Now, Wilson would go on to co-found Alcoholics Anonymous in 1935, but first he had to hit rock bottom, the lowest point of his life. And so here, in a film clip from the 1989 movie, My Name is Bill W., Wilson, played by James Woods, tries to explain to his wife, Lois, the exact nature of his affliction and isolation. Can I ask you something? I've been standing here all afternoon asking myself the same question. 
look out the window and I watch all the normal people walking by. Funny, I don't think I've ever felt really normal all my life. I mean, like other people. I feel different. Like I don't quite measure up. Ever since I can remember, I've had this feeling. Deep down in my gut. Scared. I see people laughing and eating each other. I'm on the outside looking in, afraid maybe that I won't be accepted. And then overseas, I found a drink. Your drinks makes me feel comfortable. Like I always want to feel. Gives me courage. Be with people. Do things. To dream. As he said, I'm on the outside looking in, afraid that I won't be accepted. That was so true for Wilson. It's so true for addicts, and yes, for many human beings, too. The ones on the outside looking in. The ones isolated from their fellow human beings, as if they are looking through a window and they just can't get through to the other side. And yet, and yet, friends, it does not have to be so, this isolation, for addicts or for anyone, for all of us, for any child of God. To imagine that they or we are an island separated and isolated. Friends, God always, always makes us and creates us for relationships, for each other, for gathering together one by one by one until we are community. And in community, God's community, that includes all of us. No one left out. The tragedy of addiction, the tragedy of the human condition so often is that too many folks and too many children of God feel like Wilson staring out that window apart because they are not accepted or they think they won't be accepted because they are an addict, because they look different or talk different or have a different skin color or worship a different God or love differently or live differently. Ask a middle school kid who sits all alone in the cafeteria at lunch every single day. Ask a suburban mom who wonders when a neighbor will finally come over and just say hello. Ask a refugee who wanders this earth and just needs a little mercy, just a little kindness. Our Christian faith at its core teaches and charges us to be with and for and by one another, to walk together and live together and die together, forever bound to each other. We are not made to be alone. Think of the most joyous and happy times of life. It almost always is about and involves other people, and not just through a text or a phone call. 
And not just from far away or only with people from your own little tribe. The best life is a connected life, a life of face-to-face love. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay. And Jesus knew this. The first thing he did when he set out to do his work was to call together a group of men and women to share that work with, apostles and disciples, his friends. And even when he sent them out to strange and faraway places to share the gospel and God's love to tiny villages and big cities, he always, always, as the scripture notes today, sent them out in pairs, in pairs, two by two. I mean, two is just more fun. Two doesn't mean that we cannot find meaning and purpose in a solo life in solitude by ourselves. Friends, I am a lifelong single person, and I love my life. And yet, I need to share my life with others, too. We all do. That's why God made us, to be with and for each other. No islands of self-focus or self-interest or self-centeredness or self-sadness. We are made to walk with each other and love each other and support each other and remind each other that we are worth it and that we do not have to be on the outside looking in, not anymore, not in our faith community. That's why when an addict finally hits rock bottom and realizes that they need to change, the very first thing they do, the very right thing that they do before anything else is this. They reach out to another person. Another person, just one. They ask for help from God and from a fellow human being, and in the 12-step program, help from another addict in recovery. You know, I've spoken a couple times in the past few weeks about the AA group that meets here on Wednesday nights, and I said like 30 years. Well, actually, it's like 60 years they've met here. Tens of thousands of men and women in recovery down in the basement, maybe not tens of thousands, but thousands, and... um, It all works because it's peer-to-peer and because they're with each other. It's a good lesson for all of us. Now, Knapp, this is what she writes in a chapter about her entering a rehab facility after she hit her rock bottom and decided to get clean and sober. Quote, my third or fourth night there, I wrote a note to my therapist telling him I'd never felt so much love from people in my life. I meant it. That facility emanated a sense of survival, as though we'd all been through a horrible war and had landed alive in a safe place. And I would add to Knapp's description, they landed together. Together. Because finally, no man, no woman, no child is an island, not in God's world, not in church at our best. Everyone, every last child of God is a part Of one another. I cannot be who I'm supposed to be unless I do that with others, and they cannot be who they are supposed to be unless they are in relationship with me and with you in community, two by two, in pairs, together, in recovery from isolation. God makes us always for relationship and for each other. Always. Always. Let all God's brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors say, Amen.